Dance Masters, the podcast. I'm only listening if you get people chatting music with DJs behind the music. Chatting music with DJs behind the music. Tonight's guest has stood the test of DJ time, and I can vouch for that. It's uh, it's no mean feat. Never compromising on his sound and holding the accolade for the first ever gold-selling mix compilation album for the Fantasia House Collection Volume 3. We welcome to Dance Masters none other than the gentleman DJ, Alistair Whitehead. Hello. Hello, James. How are you doing? I'm very good, Alistair. You're one of the original house pioneer DJs and not wanting to make you sound old or anything, but you've been oh, on I am old. Oh, listen, when I was 17, I remember talking to one of my friend's girlfriends who was 23 and I thought, oh my God, I'm never going to be 23. And uh, I'm well over twice that age now. So by any standard, that's getting on. Apart from, from the age of the audience, how do you think the, the scene has changed since you first started DJing? Oh, I mean, it, you, you just can't compare the two at all. It, it is completely different. If we sort of just rewind 18 months to pre-COVID, everything is very much event-based now. The underground club that's open, you know, two, three nights a week playing seriously underground music, whether it's house or hip-hop orientated or R&B, that's gone. Unless I'm missing something, I think those kind of clubs are very few and far between now. Yeah. Older, wiser. Uh, do you still get the same buzz when you play out now? If it's right, you know, if you're doing one of those gigs where you think, oh, God, this is brilliant, you know. And of course, it doesn't happen the way that it once did because you would play in gigs like that all the time. But when when you do get a great booking and it is really going for it, then, yeah, uh, you do get a, a great buzz. There's no doubt about it. It's It's different now, of course. But, yeah, absolutely. When you have one of those gigs, how do you unwind after? Well, usually. <laughs> or, or, or do you stick around and party? How, you know, what, well, what I mean, your... quite often. I mean, I'll, be, I'll probably get in the car and drive home. And, uh, you know, but if you, like you say, if I've got a hotel and I do like, you know, I'm more now, I probably like to get a hotel and have a bit of a party. And, um, yeah. I mean, you do you do have some great nights out, you know, um, and it is it's such a lot of fun, you know, DJing and playing music in front of people. I think it's fair to say we're long overdue a good night out. <laughs> do you know? I think the whole country it will um, yeah, echo that sentiment. I think <laughs> there is a huge demand for it. Obviously, your name is often associated with the likes of Hacienda and Cream and, and Ministry of Sand. Looking back, is there one gig that you were most proud of, or, or that you were involved in, or was the one set that you think I'd really like to go back and just relive that moment? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, certainly one of, you know, the names that you mentioned there, Cream, Hacienda, I can think of a few gigs that I did. I mean, there's one night in particular at the Hacienda and it was a phone party and it was just a random Friday night because I did Friday nights generally, but they decided to do like a, a phone party. Now, I think it was around about 94 and the buzz in the place on that night, honestly, because, you know, the Hacienda at Full Pelt mm -hmm. was quite a, a thing. Yeah. And it was uh, mayhem in a good way. And yeah, so I can certainly pick out one night, that one night at the Hacienda. I had quite a lot of good nights at the Hacienda, but that was incredible because I think it just added a bit of a buzz. It was when Express 2 were at their height as well. So I remember playing like kind of Music Express and possibly London Express as well. I mean, they were just flying 
Yeah, and so that that was the sort of era. So it had that kind of sound factory vibe musically, and it just went off, you know. And it we, that was a fantastic night. Cream, you know, I I could pick out many nights at Cream because, um, you know, they were during the nineties the super club, and on a Saturday night, it really did feel like the center of the universe. Now, as the world's getting brighter and it's starting to open up again, uh, is there any gig that you're most looking forward to? Well, the next one, the first one looks like it will be in, of all places, Warwick. And it's an outdoor event. And I tell you, it's uh, it's Alex who puts on the events at the Hare and Hounds. I know Alex well. You, you know the Hare and Hounds. I do indeed. Yeah, yeah. and uh, actually, as you were saying before, you know, about gigs you get excited about, the Hare and Hounds is definitely one of them. Yeah. You know, a good night at the Hare and Hounds and you are transported directly back to uh, 1995. You know, the crowd really go for it. So it's one of his events and it's in Warwick. It's outdoor. Hopefully we'll get the weather. Presumably by that time we will. And so I'm looking forward to that. On a personal level, do you have a favourite DJ of all time? The, I mean, I, you know, it's actually a very, very long time since I, I really listened to another DJ at all. You know, when I was going out and going to clubs, then obviously I've got to say people like Graham, Graham Park and Mike Pickering and a lot of the American guys as well who were coming over at that time. I did like Roger Sanchez back then because he was a proper DJ. You know, of the American DJs, he was the one that was most like the British ones who would just play the best tunes, whereas all the other American guys just tended to play their own productions. Yeah. Now, if I'm listening to a DJ set, it's more likely to be somebody like Larry Levan because of YouTube. You can, can hear Larry Levan's last set at the Paradise Garage. Yeah. I recommend anyone listening to it because it's fantastic and it reminds me very much of that time because, I, I mean, that's when I was sort of just starting to get into DJing and going to the garage and listening to Graham Park. And when I listened to Levan, it's all very familiar to me. You know, you can yeah. see that... It was entirely relevant to what was about to happen in the UK. We've got a little fun favourite feature on the show called What's in Your Box, where we do a bit of a, a deep dive into what makes our guests tick. Is there a, a signature track or a go-to tune that you think that defines a, a, an Alistair set or it defines the, the kind of music that you like? That's a good question. And it's a difficult one to answer because you're always sort of in the moment as, as a DJ. You know, I still go for the funky kind of vibe. It's quite, it's quite difficult for me to think of one track that I'd go, oh, yeah. There are certain tracks I'm still playing from 30 years ago. The Derek May mix of Wild Times, Delight. Not Delight as in Groove in the Heart, but Delight as in failed pop band from late 80s, but had Derek May mix done, which is incredible. But, oh, gosh, you've put me on the spot there. I can't think of anything straight off. You ever think um, on that one and talking about old records, cast your mind back to a very young age, a young Alistair. What was the first record you ever bought? I seem to remember once getting some money for a birthday and then going to a record store. Uh, I would have been about 10 and probably buying not just one, but two or three. I definitely remember getting Blondie, uh, maybe David Bowie. I definitely remember Sound and Vision. I mean, we're talking sort of 1980, yeah, 81. Yeah. When it comes to 12 inches, that's slightly easier because I, I definitely remember buying uh, Love Will Tear Us Apart on 12 inch. 
and also the beats mirroring the bathroom and i still occasionally play that now and it sounds incredible you know and such an amazing saxophonist on it as well without getting too jazz club on you and do you have a uh a, a one or two treasured pieces of vinyl so you know sometimes you trade them in or you you, you kind of shave down your collection a little bit but you, as you're going through and cherry picking you go that will never leave my side I think, you know, I do like to hang on to the vinyl. Uh, there's so much of it. I couldn't pick out one track out of all of that. It would just almost be impossible. One thing I will say, though, and I've lost a lot of tracks over the years, and, and the ones that I miss are a lot, a lot of the sort of 70s disco 12 inches that I used to have because I used to play a lot of them when I started DJing. And you had to, you know, have a lot of the old stuff to pull out of the bag, you know, when you when you were kind of playing clubs that liked house music, but they weren't really massively underground clubs. And you'd have to play Prince, and which I loved anyway, and, and some of the old classics like Chic. The thing with a lot of that sort of 70s vinyl, especially on the 12 inches, the sound was just insane it was so good the soon as the bass hit the speakers it was just sounded fat you know i mean you were there and it was just like this record is 10 years old and it sounds infinitely better than any of the house tracks that i've got this is yeah. going back to 1988 you know a lot of those sort of 12 inches you know i hunt down and track try and track again because honestly, the, the mastering and the the quality, and obviously because you've you've got a twelve inch, the size of the grooves just allow so much more of the music to come through, and you mm. get this wider, bigger sound. Honestly, some of those seventies twelve inches, you really are as well to get the real thing. Trust me, they knew what they were doing, especially when it comes to the bottom end. I was really lucky. There was a, a store called Three Shades Records. People would go yeah. in and trade in their record collections. And what had happened is he would go through and cherry pick and go, well, the, the guy who owned the store would go, well, I'll keep that for my collection. I'll keep that for my collection. And those can go in the shop. Anyway, he left, moved, went to Canada, came back for a little reunion. And uh, we were sitting in the pub and he, he just says, I can't believe you're still playing vinyl. I went, yeah, I still drag my vinyl. He went, well, look, I left and all the tracks that I cherry picked in my whole collection is in my mom and dad's garage. He's been in Canada for, for four or five years. He said, they're screwed at me to move it. Will you have it? So I went thinking it would be a little box of vinyl. The car was just on its back axle, just grinding across the road. <laughs> it filled the boot. It filled the back seat. It filled the, the, the passenger seat. I got it home. And in there is original pressings of Sugar Hill Gang, of Chic, of all these classic vinyls. So I was, oh, well, look at you. I'm very, very lucky me. So I'm, I'm telling you, I, I used to sort of crate dig. There used to be a record store near me. It sounds a lot like, you know, your guy there. And um, is, it was called Rob's Records. For people in Nottingham, that would be very famous. And he used to go up and sell Northern Soul stuff up at the Wigan Casino. So he himself had quite a, a bit of history on the dance scene. But they sold everything. And yeah. when, he, when I became a really good customer of his, because I would sort of steal away, I used to work in a clothes shop and all my lunch hours were spent crate digging. He used to let me go upstairs. He says, look, you can have anything you want up there but it's in no way shape or form is it uh, organized it's like anything goes there's no abc there's no genre there's no nothing like it is downstairs in the main store so you've just got to plow through it and i spent many many quite happy hours there honestly because you could pick out these gems i need a friend like you who's just you know 
<laughs> giving them away. Oh, indeed, you know? indeed. But he yeah. sounds very much like uh, like the guy at Rob's Records. Even if you're not buying, it was it was quite a sort of an Aladdin's cave for me. So, and I actually remember seeing Paul Weller in there once as well because he, you know, uh, he was playing at Rock City. And it was quite a thing to see uh, the mod father, as it were, in his element. You know, that was quite funny. There's nothing like sitting and, and chatting and, and reminiscing about old records and tracks that you've bought. Alistair, as always, I mean, I've got to say, I love chatting music with you. Uh, thanks for taking the time to, to join us on the show. James, it's been a, an absolute pleasure. I, I never stopped talking, but um, that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll hook up again at, at some point in the future. Yeah. So if you've liked what you've heard and you fancy adding some tunes into the mix, check out the full two-hour show with an exclusive mix from tonight's guest at unionjackdance.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Join us back here next Friday on Dance Masters and don't forget to hit the link to subscribe. Dance Masters, the podcast. I'm only listening if you get people chatting music with DJs behind the music. Chatting music with DJs behind the music. <laughs>